This is Comet Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hi, Jason Glick. How are you doing? I'm doing great, John. Yourself? Not too bad. What do you have on store for us tonight? Well, as promised, this is the uh, Best of 2015 podcast. Sweet. Yeah, it's like I read a lot of great comics over the past year, and actually, like you know, like trying to like, sort them all out to my head. It's like it would like I was it was actually kind of it was it was kind of tough. There was some stuff that you know, I thought was going to make top ten, didn't quite didn't quite pull it off. And I got to admit, you know, last year I I for this for the best of twenty fourteen, I said, hey, I fully expected this year to be the coronation, you know, Blade of the Immortal, it's your best of the year because it's my one of my favorite all all time favorite series, and it was ending. It's like, so how can I not acknowledge it as best of the year? Well, I guess you're going to have to like, um, keep listening and find out where it turned up on, it's like on the best of list. But um, let's get this show on the road. So number 10 is The Private Eye by Brian Vaughn and Marcos Martin. Now, I'm recording this on Saturday night, so chances are, uh, so I haven't actually written my review of it, but... It's, but it's a very, but it's a very interesting look at um, a, like a possible future where all of our secrets um, that we place on the internet just become public knowledge. It's like, and people have to, and people, you know, have to live in the world, world without the internet. The um, the press is now like the um, chief police force, and paparazzi are you know kind of like rent, are renegade private private investigators. Um, Vaughn Vaughn and Martin created create a very inter- interesting world filled with a mem- memorable characters from its main protagonist um pi patrick illman to his um to his um adult adult granddad who is basically like you know the face like the um, sole survivor of the facebook generation it's like um like grown and grown to old age um tats tats and all it's like it's it's like there's a lot great dialogue it's like great art it's like and a, a compelling world even if like there's some bits about the world that don't quite um seem Seem pl- seem plausible or, or believable, but that's why it's ten. That's why it's only number ten on this list. Okay, moving up to uh, number nine is Nimona. Now, you hear, you'll be hearing more about this in two weeks with my next podcast, when I try to detail all the stuff that I said. It hey, you know, all this stuff is making the best of lists for a lot of for a lot of other sites. I should order all this stuff because I figured, hey, you know, I don't want to be um, left behind and all. Out of all the all the books I picked up on that um, little binge right there, Nimona was the only one that really got to me. It's like it's a it's a web comic um, by Noel Stevenson, um, co-writer and artist of Lumberjanes. It's about um, it's about this um, shape-shifting girl um, named Nimona who winds, hooks up with this um, evil um, villain named Ballister Blackheart in this um, fan, like um, fantasy-esque world that also has like lots of modern modern bits of technology as well. It's like, how, why does this fantasy world have lots of modern technology? Don't sweat the details. Just enjoy the story that had, that basically, that, um, that basically takes a, uh, that basically like starts off as like a classic, it's like a, as a, um, as an irreverent, as a reverent fairy tale and then goes into, into much, into much darker, but no less compelling, compelling territory. It's like, it shows us that, you know, the, that the, um, good, it's like that, um, sometimes the bad guys aren't entirely bad. The good guys, like have like have their deep flaws as well, and the people in power really don't have our best interests at heart. At the heart of it all, though, is the is the title character. She's a she was a fun whimsical. It's like in fun whimsical, um, slightly scary um, char- character who was vi- who was um, very worthy of having a book book title titled af- after her. 
Some good times right there. Okay, number eight is Gundam, the origin. Now, if you read my um, most recent post on the, uh, like on the site, you'll know that um, I'll be having a podcast on this later in this year once certain, um, certain um, um, schedules are aligned. But I also said that this is a series that had lots of, had lots of great moments surrounded by stuff that isn't quite as interesting. Well, for me, though, it's like if I, this isn't a vote so much for the series as a whole as it is for um, Volume 10, Solomon, which, basically, which is the spotlight for one of the um, sensible villains of the series, um, Doz Lazabi. Now, House Zabi are like the heads are running the uh, Zeon, um, like Zeon Federation. It's like, and they're, it's like, and they're well, they're essentially the the bad guys of the story. Um, Dozla, well, he's the a member of the family who just um, doesn't get the big picture. He's the kind of guy who fig, who believes in like you know the beauty in the beauty of the strong that you know might it's like you know might makes right that you know that that uh, you have to be you have to have numbers in order to win. Well. Solomon is a story of um, of Dozla um, being hung out to dry by by his family for the great for the greater good of the war. It's like because they because while they well um well Giran, leader of House Zabi, sees the fact that if the Federation can def- can take out Solomon, they'll commit their forces to a final strike um, against against the Republic. But unfortunately, that means um, his brother has to die. Giran, um, complete bastard, is cool with that. Um, Dozla um, knows that something is not right here, but he just can't. But he just can't figure out exactly what it is. So it's it's really a tragedy of someone, like generally a, a decent guy who is a good husband, a great a good father. It's like um like like um, pushed up against the limits of what it's like of what he can comprehend, and and ultimately suff- suffering the paying the ultimate price for it. He's someone who just like what who's not able to move move beyond who he is in order to save his life. And um it's like Amonokai um Yoshikazu Yasuhiko um like really um nails that home in in Solomon. Well the uh, story well the saga of um Mulsu Gundam the origin is more or less about the uh the battle between the Federation Federation and um Zeon. It's like and also the um Micro conflict between um, Amuro and um, Char. It's like it's uh, it was um, Dozla's um, story here in Solomon that really got to me more than anything anything else. So, and so moving on to number seven is Big Man Plans. This was a, a mini series um, released through Image with art by Eric Powell and was written by Eric Powell and his buddy Tim Weish. I after for. You'll hear more about this in a bit, but um, I'm I was kind of on the fence about you know, but um, Powell's future in, in light of in light of what's going on with the goon right now. So I was hoping that you know, big man plans would give me a reason to keep following him after his signature series um was was finished. Holy crap! Did it give me a good reason? Because it's bas- this is basically um, big man plans is basically the um, best film that um, Peter Dinklage and um, Rob Zombie have yet to make together. It's a seventy set tale of revenge as a short it's like as a as a short man um who's had the um who's basically um been beaten down by everyone he's come across. It's like from 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 school to the army to just like living in the streets. Um he finally finds gets word of like one of the few people in life who um really it's like who um actually gave a damn for him has died. Now he's out to um get get revenge. This is a bracing 
brutal story that shows us that, you know, even though, like, he's been given, here's a guy who's been given, like, you know, heartfelt advice, you know, the kind of uplifting stuff you expect from a, from your conventional Hollywood movie, but he's someone who's just been so warped by life that he just turns it into brutal, gory, um, unspeakable, um, like, um, revenge. It's like, as, like, over the course of the story. It's not, it's not, it's not for everyone, but it's a um, it's a bracing tale of it's like it's like a re- of revenge and of someone marginalized by society, um, lash- lashing out in the way it's like the way he best knows how. So, so yeah, it's like I will be fo- following Pal. It's like after like afterwards at when he um, it's like whatever he does next. This, however, wasn't the best thing I read from Image this year. That would be um, the Autumn Lands, the uh, new series from from Kurt Busiek and artist Benjamin Dewey. This is a series, it's a series about, um, about, a, about a world um, full of talking animals and, and magic where the magic is slowly dying out and that a plan is concocted in order to bring back the, uh, like the great champion who brought magic into their world in the first place. Well, things go badly when this hero is summoned and not only does a um, magic city wind up falling from the sky, but it turns out the great champion they summoned is a grunt from a science fiction um, war universe, so you've got, so so you basically you've got this guy trying to um, survive, trying to navigate um, in this world full of um, magical talking animals. It's like, but it's, but it's and it's played um, played completely straight and done with like fantastic world bu- world building from from Busick and also some fanta- some incredible art from Dewey. It's like it's a great it's a great um like. It's a great, fully re- realized world that I'm, I'm very much looking forward to seeing more of. It's like as the series um, begins, be, um, continues its second arc, being serialized right now. Um, it's, it's like it's not selling all that well. So hopefully, um, so I'm let, let you know, everyone, that I, I guess out of everything here, this is the one that you should, probably should go out and buy if you want to read more because it is fantastic. I would love to see um, Busick and Dewey continue the story to its. Nat- to its natural end. So, moving up to number five, well, this is a series that, you know, kind of came to me right a little bit out of nowhere in the sense that it was a um, quirky little vertical series. I thought, well, you know, it's like, I'm not sure if this will be any good, but I'll give it a shot. And I was rewarded with something that was, that displayed endless creativity and invention. It's like of the five volumes that I've read so far this year. That would be My Neighbor Seki. It's a story it's a simple story. In fact, like, it doesn't even have an ongoing story. It's, it's a simple concept. It's basically about this girl, um, Yokoi, who, winds, who um, has to deal with the uh, crazy-ass stunts that her, um, the, kid who, the boy who sits next to her in class, Seki, does over the course, it's like, it's like while in school. It's like, whether it's like, you know, said, well, it's, um, doing um, go um, matches of shogi where... Um, where it's like you've got all the all the people all the pawns playing out some sort of epic epic three hundred style battle. Um, the it's like the robot family that um, that he keeps that he keeps bringing back time and time again, setting up fireworks. Um, like create like I'm um, creating um, like a sand sand cap sand um, see sand traps and all Cra- like crazy weird stuff. But but the thing is, what makes it great though is that there's an endless variety to ha- to not only the the con- the uh, the setups um, Seki engages in, but also um, uh, Yokoi's reaction. Because like 
a lesser talent would just have this series um, involve like Yokoi just being, you know, beaten down or just saying, oh, yeah, it's like, Seki, no, Seki's a great student. Why are you bugging him all the time? And yeah, there are a couple of times where that happens, but um, more often than not, like something else happens. Either like Seki's, um, like, attempts to go off, goof off, just um, backfire on, on him, or Yokoi gets the, like, winds up getting the bet better of him in in a couple occasions or you know we'll just get another story where the uh it's like where they're where the, one of the girl where a girl who sits be, um, behind behind them winds up um keeps on fantasizing about their their um, romantic love life it's it's like it's a it's a very creative and inventive series that um i that i'm um, never ceases to surprise me with the volumes it's delivered so far it's like yes it's just a it's a one note series i mean it's just a what crazy thing is seki going to do and how is yokoi going to respond to it but it's but um it's like but it's let's see but its creator it's like has um Tak takuma morishige has managed to um display like a real impressive amount of creativity in showing you what's going to happen in that like, like within that setup more impressive though so is um Kore Yamazaki's um The Ancient Magus' Bride um my choice number four on the list it's a story that has a problematic pre premise in the sense that it's about a uh a, an ancient magus with a uh, with a cow skull for a head named named Elias who purchases a girl who's a uh, um name Named Chise, who it who winds up who's also a, a magical being known as a slave beggy, someone who can absorb and generate um, prodigious amounts of magic. Of course, while he's also he's not only has he um, bought her in order to study her abilities, but he's also um, wants her to be be his wife as well. That's yeah, that's that's kind of um, kind of creepy and all sorts of wrong. But at the same time, um, he's like he's um, Elias is like still managed to be a fairly like a um real gentleman about, about all this and she say it's like well it's like it's scary as it may be this is like the uh, most uh, most war the uh, most warmth and care she's been shown by 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 someone else and like in her life that's not a great justification at all but at the same time like that's um yamazaki acknowledges this in the text and even though she, it's clear that she wants um them to get together by the end of the series she understands that there is a lot of work to be done here and she manages to work that in like into the story into the narrative while also telling lots of interesting stories about she say going to visit um it's like it's like ancient dragons dealing with um the with the church the church grim and um and um taking and wind up um in winding up in the crosshairs of um of being who uh, a magical person who may or may not be the wandering Jew of legend. So it's a it's like it's a it's a fa it's a fascinating and it's like an inventive series that base that really that shows you like lots of inter interesting stuff that deals with um like mythology in a new it's like in a new and fresh way. It's like while also just you know it's like taking on its problematic premise and just wrangling it wrangling into something that it's like that actually works. It's like it's it's been it's been a ton of fun. It's like and I I'm constantly looking forward to seeing you know what you know what's going to happen next. It's like in this in this series, even though it's like it's still a relatively new one in Japan, so it's going to take a while for new volumes to come out. Come out. It's currently on a semesterly release basis from Seven Seas. All right, moving up. Let's see number three is 
Daredevil, specifically um, by Mark Wade and Chris Samney. This has been one of the most satisfying superhero titles I have read like in, in recent years, and it wrapped up in spectacular fashion, as you'll recall from my podcast a couple couple weeks back. It's like Wade um, took on, like decided not to go in the same grim and gritty um, style that has defined Daredevil for decades. It's like, and he wound up, um, it's like, and he wound up like finding lots of interesting stories to tell about about Matt Murdock, while it's like it's like while embracing a more it's like a more lighthearted tone. And that just made it all the more um, interesting. So when um, bad things re- started started to happen to to Murdoch, and he was also joined in the lot like um, fairly early on by Chris Samney, who provided like um provided great art that really complemented um the style that, of um that that Wade was working in. It's like it's like it's hard to say like you know like these this is a superhero story that I would, that everyone would like, but really um Wade and Samney's Daredevil is something that you know I do think like the is worth reading, even if you're not just not a general su- superhero fan. It's like it's, and it's also a great, you know, complete story that hey, if you don't want to read any more Daredevil stories afterwards, well, hey, you've got this one um, by by two two fantastic creators and a whole lot of um, very capable it's like art artists as well. Now moving up to number two on the list, Blade of the Immortal. Yes, this. Um, it's what can I say? What can I say about the series I didn't say last time? It's like basically it stuck the landing. It's like it's something I've been reading. It's like and obsessing about for a good portion of my adult life, and in it's like in the end it delivered. And it's like it also delivered a um, thoroughly enjoyable um, rereading experience. It's like in it's like when I went when I had to go back and went back and read all it's like all thirty one volumes from Dark Horse. Say. It's a fantastic series that I recommend to, to everyone. And um, if you haven't bought it yet, well, Dark Horse is um, putting out the Omnibuy um, starting next year. So whatever form you read it in, it's highly, it's highly recommended. It's like, and it still ranks as one of my all-time favorites. But what do you ask? What could it possibly be better than Blade of the Immortal? Well, one of the... Th- the one real issue I had with Blade of the Immortal's ending is that it didn't really um, get me to think about the series. You know, it did. I think it, it didn't get me cause me to rethink. You know, anything about the series, and it you know didn't show me anything. You know, show us you know what what has what had Manji learned about like after I'm um, being um, going through this whole experience as bodyguard for Rin. It's like as even as he's uh, you know kind of um, winds up in this kind of same kind of position again. Well, you know. Then you've got. Then there was. There was, however, a series that basically, like, a, not really a, a new volume. The um, the next volume in the long running series, but kind of like a uh, a prequel that managed the incredibly tricky job of telling a compelling story on its own terms. It also um getting me to think about events in the series in a new light. So that was um an impressive achievement, and it featured bar none the most imp- impressive art of any graphic novel that I've read, that I've seen this year. That would be The Sandman Overture by Neil Gaiman and, um, and J.H. Williams III. It's a, story, it's a story of what, of um, the conflict that Amorpheus was involved in that caused it to be captured at the beginning of The Sandman. It's a story that Gaiman has wanted to, wanted to tell during the course of the run, but never found the time for. And um, now that he has, 
say it turned out to be a a more than worthy um addition to the series it's like it it's like it gets you to think about it explains a lot of, it's like it's like a lot of little things about of the series and never gets um, bogged bogged down in it so it's like if you like if you've read the series it's like you're it's just, this is kind of the story that after you've read it you'll go want to go and reread the entire series again because just to see how it how it affects things and it does thing does so in a good in a good way something that it enriches and builds on it's like you know what it, it's like what has come before it's like you I mean a lot of people who I know were scared about whether or not um, Gaiman could uh, could deliver after being away from from his signature creation for so long but hey he he proved that not only could you go home again, so you go home again. It's like in in style. And it was style afforded by um, J. H. Williams, who um, took out all the artistic stops and delivered a series, a, a visual feast that jumped styles um, multiple times, even in the course of an issue. It's like, and even though it's like it's clear that this is that his that his ambition like was was just one reason why the series took so long to come out. It was absolutely worth it in the end it's a fantastic effort um by by gaiman and and williams and um even though it's like you know we don't need any sandman any more sandman stories it's like i would definitely read more by it's like if gaiman has them well actually i do kind of want to know why um who what's what's the deal with the first despair who was killed so you know i it's like I'd love to read that, um, Neil, but hey, it's like uh, I'm, I can wait another twenty years. That's that's how long it's going to take. So, so there you go. That was the top ten. A couple honorable honorable mentions like um, Loki, Agent of Asgard, which managed the really difficult trick of fall, of um, one writer, um, Al Ewing, following up on another writer, Kieran Gillen's um, take on the character. It's like in impressive style. Um, trashed by Dirk Back Durf Backdurf, who managed a. Uh, a really interesting follow-up. It's like to um his to his be- to his to one of the, to a former best of the year pick on um, my friend Dahmer about um, America's obsession with Mer- all the trash American America produces and the people who have to deal with it. Um, Injection by Warren Ellis and um, Declan Shalvey um showed that after years of kind of like um yeah real hit or miss stuff that wasn't really that even when the stuff hit wasn't quite in his best. It's like. And the best that he's done um, shows you that hey, um, Ellis um, looks like he's finally he's he's finally got his um, got back on the horse and is delivering like lots of interesting a really interesting story here again. Also, um, One Punch Man by One and um, Yusuke Murata, um, a story that a series that acts as a as a brilliant tonic to um, the overall to, to the overall um, shonen fight scenes that. That um that have defined the defined the shonen genre about a guy who superhero who um attained ultimate power and um can defeat any villain with one with one punch that still managed to be it's like a pretty interesting superhero story it's like in and of itself it's like and also um Kieran Gillen's um Darth Vader series which is the best of the Star Wars crop from Marvel and show because he manages a really difficult trick of basically showing um Darth Vader in a weakened state in a weakened position um politically and personally but not um in a weakened we're not weakened as a character so it's a really really tricky balance to pull off and he managed he managed to do it also i was kind of hoping to um discuss um you know um jonathan hickman's run on avengers here but as most people know um secret wars ran very late 
and um, so we're only and um, issue nine only finally came out um, this past week. I heard um, it's supposed to be great, so I'm very much looking forward to reading it. But I still want to acknowledge um, the good work that he did for um, Time Runs Out, the four volume cycle that um, that um, set up that set up Secret Wars and showed um, and showed the Avengers um, frac- fractured, it's like fractured and infighting. I'm trying to um, like it's like trying to um, stop. Um, like put a stop to the uh, uh, the incursions, but but fa- but failing in the end, it's like dude, it's like because you know they just couldn't couldn't f- find a way to work work together. Well, then, well, I guess the like, best of 2015 wouldn't be complete without the worst of 2015. So we've got um, well, I gotta guess I gotta give it to um Bendis's X Men, which you know even though I liked um. His versus Shield story here, and um, one down. The most recent volumes, like the Ultimate Adventure and um, the Omega Mutant, kind of show that you know he's kind of gone off off the rails here, and that you know it's like he's then that his big story of you know Cyclops um, being uh, Cyclops, you know, having breakdown and not and um, basically uh, you know not not do pulling things off as as leader, because hey, it's like he wises. It's like, why has this um, mutant revolution failed? Because he didn't have an idea of what the mutant revolution was going to be. That's a great um, hook to build a story on. Um, better example would be um, Simon Spurrier's X-Force, which had Cable um, going off the rails as he ran his latest iteration of the team. Go read that instead of Bendis's, um, um work uh, work here. Um, and while I very much liked um, Big Man Plans, um the goon occasion of revenge kind of this ted powell's um, signature series going off the rails into like it's like in turgid into turgid drama it's like as it's like as it really forgets like you know hey this is this is the original series that, that i enjoyed because it was funny and while even though like it got increasingly more dramatic it never quite you know forgot to be funny well here it really finally does and it also manages to be um and the drama Managed to be just you know overwrought and uninteresting as well. Um, then you've got um, Abe Sapien, which you know it's like I like a lot of the Magnoliaverse stuff, but um, Abe just does not um, just has not clicked for me. It's like it's it it's like the uh, this, his direction his direction and the, and the writing just don't have a lot of focus in the art. While I like Sebastian Fiumara. Um, his brother Max uh, doesn't never then quite my style, so disappointing. But I uh, continue to keep, keep, keep reading because it's part of the ongoing narrative of the Magnoliaverse. Then you oh you've also got um, Low um, from Rick Remender and Greg Tocchini, who um, I which you know um, it's kind of like everything I don't like about Remender's style. While the book is beautiful, um, it basically it's basically uh, about about a woman who, the eternal optimist, who winds up um, constantly being disappointed, and I'm um, showing the world is that it's like it's like is much worse than she imagines. Um, Rick Remender said he wanted to finally write an optimistic character in his uh, it, it's like in his um, opening, but he just delivers the narrative equivalent of kicking of kicking a puppy over and over and over again because you know like the more the more nice people suffer, the more you care, right? Right? Wrong. And also, it's worth noting that that while I liked um, Kieran Gillen's um, run on Iron Man, um, 
the new Superior Iron Man story by um, Tom Taylor was a complete, complete waste of my time. And and even though I got the hardcover for half off at Comic Con, I still paid way way too much for it. Thoroughly disappointing, and I'm glad that um, it's being wiped. The slate is being wiped clean thanks to uh, courtesy of Secret Wars. But as far as the absolute worst of the year goes, well, that goes to a series. like a comic that I read and immediately put on the shelf to be sold um, to book off or some other place in the future. That would be freezing, which as some people may, may recall from my story, my post about like my quest for great trash. It's about, you know, like women, it's like, um, it's like women with superpowers who, who require the aid of men in order to focus them. It's like that. It's like, I'm trying like fighting against an alien menace. But also doing, but also like let me rephrase that: big-breasted women fighting against alien menace and having their clothes getting keep getting ripped up. It's like over the course of the run. It's like it's it's trash. But you know, I was ex- I was expecting you know something um, at least entertainingly awful. You know, at least some at least some kind of um, general inc- like incompetence that would um, make you laugh, like say terraformars. No, it's a freezing fail on every conceivable level bland art boring characters generic generic story it's like and um it's like it even and it even fails fan service it's like because because like even then like even though like the women just went went being um they had their clothes ripped up a whole lot it's like you never get to see anything so it fails even as fan service as well so so basically it's it aim it's they're trying for to do tell a decent story, but they but the creators just failed. It's like in every it's like in every possible way, and looking at this and looking at it, like I just re- I realized that even though I paid full price for it, I have no problem just you know getting it out of my library and just only getting a few bucks back for it, um, courtesy of Book Off. It's total it's total ass and should be avoided at all costs. By if you like if you have a shred of decency. Or you know, actually like reading entertaining comics. So there you go. That's let's see. That was that was twenty fifth. That was the best and worst of twenty fifteen for me. So I'm got places to look forward to next year. You know, aside it's like we got um, oh, I am a hero from Dark Horse, which hopefully will sell really well and um, prove that there's you know life for their life in their it's like you know in their manga publishing line. Like as I mentioned, the like the the uh, publication of secret of secret wars at last say so, and so again and also like lots of plenty of other um, crazy shenanigans from Mar- Marvel and DC but still let's hopefully this will be be another year where image um, continues to would uh, continue to show um everyone like this is the way forward hopefully they'll hopefully they'll continue to increase their it's like their um their market their market share because God knows that Marvel and DC aren't doing a whole lot to um keep um, keeping the market healthy and all. Still, that's that was the year. That was the year for me. So, John, um, any thoughts on your end? Oh no, it was a good year. Um, but no other really thoughts from me. Um, <clears throat> do you know what you're going to be talking about next time on the show? Next time, it's going to be about all the uh, stuff, all the stuff that I bought, um, like Nimona, to um, see about what, like all the good stuff I heard. That hey, this is this. This this would be a this is a year a book of the year um, candidate, so I bought a bunch of stuff um, to see to see if that was the case. Well, 
Nimona made it, but what about all the other stuff? Oh. Oh, good question. Good question. So I guess we'll have to find out next time on Common Picks by the Click, right? That's right. All right. And we'll catch you next time. All right. Laters. Bye.